Welcome, I'm Paul Bishop, your host for this installment of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are bonus downloads where my co-host Richard Prosher and I get to hang around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast water cooler, talking with friends and fellow writers who are also fans of the Western genre. With me today is my longtime friend and best-selling Western writer, Wayne D. Dundee, writing in numerous genres, including Western, crime, horror, fantasy, and erotica, Wayne has authored over 100 novels and 40-plus short stories, both under his own name and under numerous pseudonyms. Among other career highlights, he has been nominated for an Edgar, an Anthony, and six Seamus Awards from the Private Eye Writers of America, and he's also the founder and original editor of Hard Boiled Magazine. Hello, friend. Morning, Paul. Hard Boiled Magazine. Since I know what that is, it means you and I go way, way back, pre-internet. Back to the days of dinosaurs roaming the earth. Fanzines had to be done in your kitchen table and mailed out. <laughs> Typed on a typewriter and collated and stapled and, yeah, mailed. It was quite the business back in those days to get all that stuff done. When you started Hard Boiled Magazine, I don't think you were published as novelist or even short story writers at that time. I had one short story published. I had a unique experience. The very first story I submitted sold. It was a small press magazine called Spiderweb, who therefore went out of business. That probably should have been the first sign to me. Then I started writing other short stories and sent them out to Shane and Hitchcock and what places there were. And they come back so fast they had skid marks on the envelopes. So there was a small zine publication called The Not-So-Private Eye put out by a guy named Andy Jasnovich. I remember that. A lot of followers. I don't know if you were on there. I know Joe Lansdale and a number of others. And that seemed to get a lot of attention, a lot of write-in comments. So partly for mercenary reasons to get my own work out and others I got to know through Private Eye Writers of America, the little harsher detective stories, Hitchcock and Queen, they were doing gentler stuff. So there wasn't really a market for that. So I thought maybe I could make something happen. It worked in every sense, except it never made me any money, which it never was meant to. But it was a showcase for me. And I'm proud to say many people, yourself, Max Collins, a lot of them were writing anyway, but it still gave them an outlet for stuff that they really didn't have a home for. I had a small fanzine of my own called Brass Knuckles. I actually published a story in that by Dennis Linz, Michael Collins, who created the Dan Fortune Private Eye series that nobody else would touch because it was very politically hot potato. So I published it in Brass Knuckles, and the next thing you know, it wins the Seamus Awards from the Private Eye Writers of America. I thought, okay, this is a stapled together magazine with a limited circulation, and yet it has this much impact. I know for you, your Joe Hannibal Private Eye character officially appeared first in Hard Boiled Magazine. And now how many novels have you have published featuring him? Nine novels. When did you first start writing Westerns? Mid-90s, the mystery Private Eye market was changing, as it always does. Private Eye had fallen by the wayside, except for the real big Robert B. Parkers and things like that. I had a very good agent. She said, these just don't seem to be selling. Maybe you need to try something, maybe Westerns. With typical Dundee timing, I wrote a Western that the editors I sent it to liked very much, but their market was drying up and changing. So then that set for a while, and I moved out here to Nebraska, and I wrote a couple more Hannibals and found outlets for them in smaller publishing houses. And then out here, I couldn't help but get caught up in the Western spirit and stuff. So I wrote a second Western, the first Lone McGantry one. It was called uh, Dismal River, and it sold. And then I published the one that I wrote first, actually, after that. 
So mid-90s, I started writing. Late 90s into the 2000s, I really started finding more success. And I certainly seemed to be welcomed in the Western community at that point, as I was in the private eye world earlier. It's been said far more eloquently than I can. A direct link from the pulpy Westerns, the dime novel Westerns, the buntline ones, to the early private eyes, the John Carroll Dailies. So the jump from the lone gunslinger to the lone private eye vengeance-seeking type gunslinger isn't that great. The structure's pretty much the same. Yep. You've written in a lot of different genres. Was that just because you saw markets open up or you were just intrigued by a story idea and wanted to chase it down? little bit of both. I wrote a hitman versus vampire novel just strictly to satisfy myself. Some of them were, or David Cranmer, who does Meat to a Pulp, give me an opening for some Hannibal stories. And then I wrote some Westerns under some of his outlines, stuff, some of his characters. I wrote a sword and sorcery fantasy story for him. So markets, erotica, yeah, there would be collections where they wanted erotic horror, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> a friend of mine said, that's my first wife. And I said, I can't write about her, but... <laughs> But I've written mostly to satisfy myself. Obviously, I would like to have some success and make money, but I don't know that I could do a book or a story on like a TV show like Partridge Family or something like that. I don't mean I'm above it or anything. I just don't know that I would have it in me. It has to be something that adds some interest to me. You and I were also together on the fight card series that I edited and created. You came in very early with a book in that series. We had over 50 novels in that series, if you can believe it. How do you do 50 novels just set in a boxing world and have every single one of them be different? And it was because they were all about characters and all those characters' journeys was different. I think the journey we saw in the boxing books also reflects into Westerns because Westerns are about a journey, whether it's a journey out West or a journey of discovery or a journey of revenge. That's very much what the Western wheelhouse is about. And I've discovered a greater appreciation for Westerns, recognizing that you can do anything in a Western. You can do mystery, romance. You can even do weird, spooky stuff. The book I'm writing on now is going to maybe stress things a little bit. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to this one. It's called West of Whitechapel. And that should give people enough of an idea of who the main character might be, (laughs) especially if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan. It's not Sherlock Holmes, but somebody he tangled with, possibly. I've had a quirky little thing. I like my Westerns in the third person because you can introduce a lot of characters and spread it out. I like my private eye detective mysteries mostly in the first person. And I'm not saying there haven't been great ones either way, but it's just a personal preference. So approaching this, I was trying to figure out how to introduce my protagonist into the storyline. So I'm going to use an old West detective, like a Pinkerton type, who gets caught up in this thing. And I'm writing it in the first person. So it's a quasi-hard-boiled P.I. tone, but still hopefully catching the flavor and the spirit of the Old West. The front range of the Denver Rockies and stuff is where a lot of it will take place. These ideas, such as what you have for West of Whitechapel, which is basically Jack the Ripper in the Old West, I like these types of stories that give a little bit of a different edge to the Western, stretch it a little bit. And I see this type of book as stretching you as a writer as well. Yes, if I do it justice and do it right, I need to. Remember the old TV series, Cimarron Strip? Sure. They had an episode, but it was all in one night, one foggy night. This particular episode was written by Harlan Ellison. I wanted to make sure I didn't copy anybody. And there was another Western, I can't remember the writer's name, was no big shakes or didn't get big distribution. So I'm trying not to mow anybody else's grass. 
I don't want to say too much, but I'm really stretching. The West past history is, is full of legends. Did Billy the Kid really die at the hands of Pat Garrett? So that's all open. So I'm taking a historical figure who was a Jack the Ripper suspect, not a big one, but he was thought of by some people. And he also was a suspect in Abraham Lincoln's assassination. This true character I'm talking. Oh, now that's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Prior to the Lincoln assassination, he was a quack doctor doing medicine shows out West. So I've got the Western link. It's very intriguing. What's there and what I can build on. When you came to Wolfpack Publishing, you hit big with one book that really took you to the top of the Amazon sales list. The new one's been out of week, and I'm thinking, come on, go like your little brother. Don't seem to hit crest very well. I'm always Walmart chasing Amazon behind the curve. But two times I did some self-publishing at a point where it was surging, and I had some very nice luck. If at first you don't succeed, try and try again. <laughs> a writer knows that better than anybody. I think we're doing great. Now, this new movie out, News of the World. It's going to get good reviews because it's Tom Hanks and all the lot of that critics are going to like. And I like Hanks in, in some things. But the best Western I've seen in 10 years, the opening credits of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If they'd make a movie like that, it would be great. Black and white, old TV show. It was done tongue in cheek. But that's what I it, think they're a movie audience for. It was fantastic. Yeah. Because I think today, movies-wise... The Western has become a vehicle for recidivist history. It's always the white guy who's the bad guy now, and he's trying to change cultures. And that isn't happening in the books that we're reading. You wrote two books in the Avenging Angel series, and that was an old-fashioned revenge tale. Yeah. With a little bit of a different characterization. In the current books, we were showing respect for the Native Americans and the women and some of the things that might have got twisted a bit in history, not given proper perspective, if you will, but not overdoing it. Let me just give you two examples. The Magnificent Seven remake couldn't be Mexican bandits. It had to be a white corporate bad guy, just like you're saying. The Legend of Tarzan goes back a few years now, the big movie on that. And I look forward to that so much, and I was so disappointed. Even in Tarzan, we're crying out loud, the Samuel Jackson character in there had to make mention of when he was back in America fighting Indians, all the bad things we did to the Indians. Now, I'm not saying we didn't, but holy mackerel, how far do you have to stress things to pound your messages? Samuel Golden, the famous producer of MGM, leave the messages to Western Union. That's what I like. Are you planning on another lone McGantry or other Westerns down the line? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've got my bounty hunter guy, Bodie Kendrick, too. But there again, I think there's so many bounty hunters. If you got that in the title, I think it might work against you a little bit. I can do about anything with loan. He keeps leaving women behind. He's going to be like Travis McGee pretty soon. I'm going to have a state full of <laughs> guilty women. So I'm going to have to do something there. But no, I find him a very interesting character. And there's still lots to do with Loan's a bit of a haunted character in some ways. And I can see him getting haunted by all the women that he's left behind at some yeah. point. Because that's part of the character, is part of who he is. Well, if this Whitechapel thing works, then I've got that detective character that I could use in, in future work. Wouldn't necessarily have the historical things. We'll see. But I'm just saying the character could certainly be a serious character. I'm excited about that. So west of Whitechapel, that'll be coming later this year. Thanks for being with me today, Wayne. I always appreciate talking with you and wish you all the best. 
All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the Six Gun Justice website at sixgunjustice.com for information on prior Six Gun Justice conversations, Six Gun Justice speed listens, and full-length episodes of the Six Gun Justice podcast, along with regularly updated book reviews, articles, and interviews covering all aspects of the Western genre. Until next time, be kind to others, be kind to yourself, and keep your masks up. Adios. We're out of here. Let's ride. Mm-hmm.